uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian. I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hardworking Macedonian peasants and the way they were able to reach out and uh, steal the election. As news this week emerged that Zoran Zayev, the ostensible Prime Minister of Macedonia, has essentially given in to all of Bulgaria's ridiculous demands, Macedonians in Macedonia and around the world exploded in righteous anger. Branko Srvinkovsky, the former Prime Minister, President and Head of the Citizen Party, essentially the Pope of the Left in Macedonia, called for Zayev's resignation, as did many others in his party, some openly, some through thinly veiled statements. Macedonians from all parties, ethnicities, backgrounds, and classes also called Zayev out and began demonstrations throughout Macedonia and around the world wherever Macedonians live. In neighboring Bulgaria, the defense minister of Bulgaria, the entirely loathsome Krasimir Karakachanov, again publicly taunted Zayev, quoting, stating, quote, In the old Bulgarian custom, the Bulgarian's brain runs a day late. It is so with our colleague Zayev, unquote. How did Zayev respond to this? Lamely. He attempted to defend himself on Twitter and Facebook, of course, as a Macedonian who speaks Macedonian, but then felt the need to add that he works to reconcile views on differences and knows that it is only possible through an exchange of ideas and opinions and not through insults and inappropriate message or hate speech. What Zayev fails to realize, however, is that he is dealing with a bully in the form of the Bulgarian government. And a bully can never be placated through, quote, an exchange of ideas and opinions, unquote. But only by not giving in to the bully and by pushing back, by fighting that bully. Then again, Zayev, like many of his supporters among the elites in the West, is a utopian, which means literally, quote, no place, unquote. Zayev lives in a fairy tale land that does not exist. And because of that, he should not be prime minister. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svetin Shalimanov calling in from Skopje, Macedonia. Uh, good morning to you, or I should say good afternoon to you, since we are recording this on Tuesday, the very first day of December 2020, the last yep. month of this dumpster fire year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, there's still time to, for mm. you to do something spectacular. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, uh, having said that, though, there have been many good things that have happened in this year as well. Uh, so I think it's important as we enter this season of hope, the Christmas season, um, first here and then, then there in early January. It's important to realize, I think, that there needs to be gratitude in spite of all the hardships that we go through, including the one that Macedonia is yet again going through right now with all of this crap that Zoran Zaev and his foreign minister... Buyaros, uh, oh, what's his name? Buyarosmani. Uh, Buyarosmani. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot it already. Um, <laughs> it's, it's easy. Uh, Nikola Dimitrov, the foreign, the former foreign minister, and others are, are throwing on Macedonia. Uh, so as we record this, uh, there are literally, I think today, Tuesday, you tell me, there's demonstrations daily now throughout Macedonia? Yeah, yeah. 
practically. Uh, I think they just skipped one day since uh, Zayev's interview. Yeah, in front of the government, um, I see that um, our friend Antonio Milosovsky, the former foreign minister, was leading protests today. Um, now, and, and as I understand it as well, he has uh, asked for, because he's on the Foreign Affairs Committee, he's asked for both Osmani and Dimitrov to show up and explain what's going on. I think that's a reasonable uh, request mm. from the opposition to, since you would, <laughs> you would think that a government that is attempting to negotiate away its people's identity and language and everything else, history and everything else that goes with it, mm. you would think it would be a reasonable request for the members of the government party that are trying to do this to, uh, you know, show up and explain to the opposition and to the people of Macedonia why they are doing this. But they, Buyar Osmani and Nikola Dimitrov, have refused this request, I think, two or three times already. Yeah, uh, two hearings. Uh, now they want to allow holding a session of the uh, of the committee where, you know, at, at one point uh, Milosevsky brought like a uh, uh, cardboard uh, of Nikola Dimitrov with a mask <laughs> over his mouth and he debated him in this way since Dimitrov Excellent. wouldn't come in person. Dimitrov said, okay, we can do it uh, initially, we can do it uh, online, but apparently he's refusing to do even this because, you know, something would have been arranged by now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going gone, it's, it's really bad. I mean, uh, Bulgaria apparently won't give any a room to Zaya for any of his proxies to uh, claim something like we got something out of this. No, it's going to be like a complete demand for surrender. And, you know, most interestingly, as we discussed, most ironically and uh, hilariously, even on issues which they these people now care about. They didn't care about <laughs> Alexander. Right. They didn't care about, you know, all the ancient era kings or the fact that, you know, uh, drawing our... Uh, anchorage of uh, Macedonian uh, legitimacy and statehood from the ancient times. The left didn't care about the period of the first Slavic states uh, and of also of any uh, heritage from Byzantium, uh, the Christ Christian, uh, uh, you know, baptism period and uh, uh, the spread of Christianity or the National Enlightenment period. They especially didn't care about the Vimera period of national no. liberation struggle right. in the nineteenth, uh, 20th century. All they cared about is uh, the Second World War, and now the Bulgarians are coming precisely for this, and <laughs> they're asking for Tito on the silver platter, and and they're extremely butthurt. Right. Yeah. That is that is the funniest funniest thing when they, yeah. you know, they. Oh, what's the? Uh, oh, I can't remember the old joke, but anyway, yeah, they 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 came for. No, Alexander and they came for Alexander and I said yeah. no 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 I can't I can't I'm too busy they came for you know no they uh, were actually throwing paintballs on Alexander's monument they were actually true. no take it take it please come take yeah. it we'll lead you we'll lead you to it we'll yeah. open the gates to the city to to grab the statue oh yeah oh dear well and and now to to back up just a bit to your <laughs> point about Bulgaria it's it's a curious thing and and I leave it to um folks that study Bulgaria and, and know this infinitely uh, more than I, I certainly do, uh, an American living in the deserts of the south, uh, southwestern Arizona. Um, Bulgaria knows that it's getting criticized, at least openly. Maybe maybe behind the scenes they're being encouraged mm -hmm. by the EU. I don't know. Um, or NATO, or both. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but but uh, they know they're getting slammed publicly for this, uh, more or less, not always. Angela Merkel's statements notwithstanding. Uh, and and um, either maybe they really think that Zayev, uh, you know, having seen that he gave in completely to Greece mm -hmm. yeah. and the way he did it, maybe that's just their calculation that they believe that eventually he will, quote unquote, triumph and be able to ram all this through because this will require a new treaty or an annex to the, quote unquote, you know, friendship, friendship agreement or something. Something in writing is what the Bulgarians are yeah. going to demand. Yeah. And they just simply believe that Zayev will be able to deliver that. Now, having said that, I guess, again, we're recording this on, on Tuesday, December 1. Uh, yesterday, the EU ambassadors agreed that both Macedonia and Albania cannot begin negotiations. Mm. Uh, Albania for different reasons. So Germany, which is the, what is the official title, the, the, the rotating presidency of the EU? Um, uh, yeah, sort of something the, like the presidency of the European Council. Council. Yeah, European Council, right. So. They ain't going to get squat, uh, so the uh, the baton, so to speak, gets handed over to Portugal and Slovenia next uh, in January. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> both at the same time, or one and then the other? I can't remember. No, no, uh, each gets six months. I think first it's Portugal, right. then yeah. Slovenia, but they're like, I mean, they're happy if they manage to hold like the meeting, <laughs> and uh, nobody gets terribly sick with COVID or anything like that. They're, they're right. just happy to... To host the thing, nothing more. Right. So the Portuguese uh, are up. Anything. Yeah, the, the, to use a, a baseball term, the Portuguese are first up at bat and uh, get to swing and, and uh, strike out probably like uh, everybody else before yeah, them. I wouldn't care. Yeah. But, but then now, the other wrinkle, of course, in this is that there is a, a, a call by the opposition, Vomaruta Pamane, to, uh, for a, a no-confidence vote. It looks like some of the opposition uh, ethnic Albanian parties of Macedonia are also agreeing with them. Of course, they yeah. they hate Dewey for other reasons. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, so b b maybe the main news item of the week and what what's it been like ten days since uh, the last podcast, uh, more than a yeah. week, I think, uh, is that Zaev in the meantime had this interview in for the Bugenes yes uh, news agency in Bulgaria in which. You know, there was this funny-looking <laughs> Bulgarian journalist interviewing Zaev. Zaev, in some areas, he had no idea what he was talking about, obviously, and in some areas, he was apparently coached to give away the family farm and, and then some. So basically, all the demands made by Bulgaria, he agreed to them. Uh, so the Bulgarian journalist asks, okay, you insist that we are a fascist country in World War II. Zaev says, no, 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 we can't uh, ascribe, like... Uh, the word fascism to an entire country, which is okay, correct, but, you know, then the country needs to, you know, condemn it, uh, its own role in the Second right. World War. That, that's the norm, I mean, that's the bare minimum. The Germans certainly have done that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and uh, Zayev says, no, let's say it was more like an administration, not occupation, and then, and then Bulgaria liberated Skopje, which, you know, had, heads began exploding in, uh, uh, on the left here, because, uh, Bulgaria uh, was uh, obviously part of the Axis with, uh, at the initial, you know, for most of the war. It didn't join in the war against uh, the USSR, but it did help against uh, Yugoslavia and obviously got Macedonia, parts of Greece and uh, parts of Serbia in exchange. Uh, and, uh, and then as the Russian troops came to Bulgaria, they switched sides, obviously. They declared a new government, which was then quickly also replaced and 
a communist government was uh, installed, and then they turned their armies, and as the Germans were fleeing the region, I mean, this is the great claim to victory of the Macedonian partisans as well, that we liberated the cities. It was like November 1944, the Germans were losing at the main front, they were fleeing the region, and you know, it, there was a scramble who gets to capture which part of real estate first, uh, and uh, the Bulgarian intact armies for not participating in any actual serious fighting. Uh, you know, they crossed over the border, marched to Kumanova, took some part in the in pushing out the small garrison in Skopje, which was just guarding the railway to dr draw all their weaponry from Greece and Macedonia and etc. North, and uh, then they were told to leave the country because you know they're it's going to come practically go back to being under Serbia in Yugoslavia and the Bulgarians is a defeated party in the war said okay fine we can't you know claim this territory which we won as Hitler's allies you know makes sense so uh, Zayev said okay you're not fascists you were liberators <laughs> and uh, then he says you know I speak uh, in my strumica I speak a language which is indistinguishable from what they speak in Petrich in uh, uh, across the border in Pirin, Macedonia and Bulgaria. So what language is it? So he practically, he did not say it's Macedonian, what they speak in Petrich. He implied that, okay, we speak Bulgarian in Strumica because wow. of the overall tone of the interview. It was implied, it was not said, but right. you know, it's very sure. clear that he implied that we are the same nation. Uh, so then he says that uh, uh, Yugoslavia was a dictatorship, that it discriminated against many people, including Bulgarians, which is true, but again, uh, lefty heads exploding here, and then he said that, uh, uh, I mean, again, I, from my point of view, we lost everything worth, you know, keeping so far, especially in the negotiations with the Greeks. This right. is now all, all the losses are now accumulated on the, on the side of the leftists here, which, as we said, gleefully, happily, <laughs> accepted all earlier concessions to Greece, so now they're getting a very strong dose of their own medicine. <laughs> and then Zayev says, we are going to, uh, you know, the Bulgarian journalist asks for, and Zayev agrees that we're going to use hate speech laws to go after people mm. who use negative propaganda against Bulgaria, meaning if somebody mentions that, Bulga no, well, actually Bulgaria was sided with the fascists, and ergo it was part of the fascist uh, axis, and it was fascist at least mm -hmm. for this period of time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he didn't mention the Holocaust, mercifully. I mean, that's that's gonna that's mm. coming. Uh, but in any this type of comment commentary, this can lead to criminal charges against you. <laughs> and Zayev is more than willing to to do this, uh, as he fired that Mia founder last. Uh, what was it? discussed last podcast and. Mm -hmm. uh, other people from Zayev's orbit are lining up to say, okay, I will not speak ill of Bulgaria anymore. <laughs> so he's literally going to use criminal charges, you know, the, crimin the courts and the prosecutors to go after people who criticize Bulgaria online. And, and, and this, yeah, yeah, no, and I think that's, that's, let's just stop and dwell on that for a moment because this is important, <laughs> especially for me as a, an American who very much believes in free speech because it is mm -hmm. part of our constitution. Um, so Zayev wants to go after private individuals for using mm -hmm. private speech. Uh, now, granted, on a public, uh, well, actually, it's a private forum, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Those are all private companies. 
uh, but mm. it's out there for everybody to see. But essentially, he wants to go after private individuals for speaking mm. ill of of um, of Bulgaria. Now, I guess the the question becomes then: Well, first of all, who gets to determine what is hate speech? And this is always the problem with governments around the world whenever they want to start uh, cracking down on quote unquote hate speech. Who gets to determine number one? What is hate speech, and why do they get to determine it? And then what is the punishment for it? Um, that's number one. Number two, on the flip side, again, as we I think we discussed this in the last podcast, can speech be hurtful and hateful? Well, of course, absolutely. Um, but for adults, th- there is no right that I can find mm. anywhere on the planet. There is no right not to be offended. That is part of being an adult. That is part of being alive. That is part of growing up, is that people are going to say things that hurt your feelings. And if you can't deal with it as an adult, you do not deserve to to be able to function in polite society. It's mm. like, um, to, to a, a quick aside here, um, uh, Douglas Murray, the British uh, author and historian, uh, I was listening to a podcast with him last night, Jordan Peterson, um, uh, the clinical uh, psychologist from, from Canada who is a... Mm-hmm. a worldwide phenomena for talking about things like hate speech, uh, has a new book coming out. Uh, I think it's being published by uh, Penguin. Um, oh. And the, uh, the, the people that work for, for Penguin books, a lot of them, a lot of the, young, the youngsters and the, uh, the, uh, the woke millennials, etc., uh, had a public forum where they were, some of them were literally crying uh, that a book, that they, they were, their company was going to publish another book by Jordan Peterson because they, they think he's a, a hurtful, <laughs> hateful man. And Douglas Murray's point was that all of those people, those that work for Penguin that were literally crying, should be <laughs> fired and their job <laughs> should be posted online. And the next day, young people who actually are adults and who can deal with this kind of stuff are then hired and, and they replace these, these literal crybabies, literally <laughs> these crybabies. So again, going back to the hate speech thing, who gets to determine it? Why do they get to determine it? Why do you want to give the government that kind of power to determine and regulate speech? Um, now, again, I know that Europeans in general aren't as, as keen as we Americans are with, with speech in general, uh, and that it's, it's more likely to be a Norway just uh, made a, con, uh, implemented uh, criminal penalties for private individuals uh, uh, dissing trans people. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, but, but then again, Norway produced uh, Quisling. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, uh, literally uh, the guy <laughs> himself. So, but um, again, you know, this whole idea, and and hopefully, Svetin, I would hope that you know, you know, enough people there in Macedonia and the courts, etc., and in responsible media and adults would say this is ridiculous. You're not going to crack down on free speech. Uh, if people want to burn the Bulgarian flag and call the Bulgarians fascists and, and other things, that is certainly their right to do it. And the, the best, again, and this is the other thing, the, the best antidote to hate speech, because there are people out there, and we see it on Twitter because we're both on there and Twitter is a sewer, mm-hmm. uh, people saying vile, horrible things all, all the time. The best antidote to speech like that uh, is 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 more speech is is more is free speech condemning yeah. that, um, and then you know, it, sorry, I'm I'm kind of on a rant here. the The idea of no, of Zayev, deal, really. the yeah the the idea of Zayev, you know, cracking down on private individuals for so called hate speech. You know, again, where is the line? 
where is the line between me saying or you saying, you know, Bulgaria, you know, aligned with with Germany and, uh, you know, by and large was a was a fascist country. Not all the people, as you said, were fascists, of course, but the government certainly was and they're culpable. Uh, you know, where's the line between that and then actually, you know, using horrible negative words to describe the Bulgarians, etc. So, but anyway, um, we will see where that goes. Well, well, where it brand. did go, it was, uh, there was a tremendous uh, outrage uh, online in the country. Like, uh, <laughs> first thing I realized was somebody on Twitter said, uh -oh, it's going to be another long day for the government's PR guys <laughs> and <laughs> still had no idea what happened. And then I watched uh, the interview and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, okay, I mean, you accept, expect that uh, on the right, on the opposition side is going to be uh, outrage, although we are not as invested, obviously, in this uh, uh, Yugoslav liberation struggle because much of the victims of this post-war persecution were actually on the right. right. Uh, Bulgarians obviously now claim they were all Bulgarians, but in fact, uh, actually there was, <laughs> I mean, there was one ridiculous moment where the journalist tells Zaf, okay, uh, we, they were discussing the Bulgarian victims of Yugoslavia, and he says, at least, you know, can you condemn Yugoslavia for Lazar Moisov, for, you know, the communist era officials who were mm -hmm. prosecutors who were hounding Macedonians who fought for Macedonian independence from Yugoslavia, not necessarily trying to bring the country to Bulgaria, just wanted to split out of Serbian rule. And Zaev obviously had no idea who Lazar Moisov was, this, this person, <laughs> this prosecutor, and then Yugoslav diplomat. And he, well, <laughs> it was glorious. Now the Bulgarian guy says, at least, okay, you don't have to, you know, completely gravel in front of me for Bulgaria's sake, at least stand up for your own country and condemn Yugoslavia. And he was completely oblivious. But on the left, you know, I just yeah. went uh, through the timeline of the people from the colored revolution, mm -hmm. and it was horrific. It was, mm -hmm. shut up, you idiot. Stop talking. Who lets this guy to, uh, get in front of a mic? It was yeah. horrendous. Uh, practically yeah. a significant chunk of the party. I mean, this was initially the social media response. Right. By the evening and uh, uh, the next day, a significant chunk of the party is in open revolt against Zaev. It's led by Branko Crvenkovski, who was obviously practically the founder of SDSM and uh, uh, party leader, its first party leader and uh, uh, prime minister and president then. Uh, he mm -hmm. was immediately joined by two people who were supposed to lead the party instead of uh, Zaev, uh, Andrei Petrov and uh, Zoran Jovanovsky. Uh, President Pendarovsky made a statement very critical of uh, Zaev because Zaev practically, you know, at one point the Bulgarians hate Pendarovsky because he said once that, yeah, sure, Gotsadelchev declared that he was a Bulgarian, you know, the legendary Vimera hero. And then days later, and Bulgarians said, great, 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 we have this, the president of Macedonia on tape saying this, and then a few days later he likened this to a Macedonian now applying for a Bulgarian passport so he can go travel abroad. He said, well, yeah, he only did it because, you know, he didn't believe in it. He only did it because he wanted to enroll in the military academy in Sofia. Mm. And the Bulgarians were livid. They were so angry about this. Uh, because, you know, they, they are always feared that Zaev and Pendarovsky will not be sincere. They will make concessions, but then they will play them down the line, which, you know, given everything we know about Zaev, is 
perfectly reasonable on their right. part. This is why they now want it in the writing. Mm -hmm. So Pendarovsky and Sozaev said, yeah, well, listen, Pendarovsky is not as experienced a politician as Zoran Zaev as me, <laughs> which is really, right, you yes. know, Pendarovsky is so vain. He was advisor to Tchaikovsky and uh, Tsarvenkovsky. He prides himself of being, you know, this gray eminence in uh, politics, <laughs> it was, mm -hmm. Zayev, this moron, says, yeah, he's inexperienced, yeah, he doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so Pendarovsky issued a statement, no historic revisionism, and I, in my 20 years of time in politics, <laughs> so Pendarovsky is now lining up against Zayev. Well, uh, and it, yeah. Oliver Spasovsky, I understand, the interior minister who yeah, normally yeah. aligns with Zayev, but he's from Kumanovo. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but had... the Kumanova branch is pro-Serbian, you know, that's why oh, that's we don't right. like yeah. the Bulgarians. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> it's very Byzantine, isn't it? Um... Yeah. Ilinka <laughs> <laughs> Mitreva, former foreign minister, oh, yes, yes. she lined up. So they're all call calling for, I mean, these are calling for Zayev to resign. Well, mm -hmm. you know, Spasovsky uh, signed on to a statement uh, the government issued, uh, the party issued in response to Tsarvinkovsky, saying that Zayev is brave to, you know, break new ground in reconciliation with Bulgaria and blah, blah, blah. Zayev made a few statements, which even the party clarified as, uh, uh, he's clarifying and uh, adding, you know, explaining what he meant to say, which is not a good look. Mm -hmm. So Tremenkovsky calls for, for his resignation. Some in the party signed on to the party statement saying that uh, Zayev is in the right, but then like Spasovsky gave a counter statement. And uh, a big chunk, practically, this urban Skopje wing uh, is opposed to Zaev, while Shekirinska still stands by him. Mm -hmm. So she is the main of the known non-lieutenants, non-cronies of Zaev. She's the only person who has some kind of individual standing who still stands by him. And two former prime ministers stand by him, uh, Ljubčo Gergievski and Buchkovski. Yeah. But they don't help him much. They have zero base. They're nobodies. Ba bases, yeah. And they've both They're, been accused of various crimes in the past, so that lessens their um, influence as well. Yeah, Georgievsky sought Bulgarian citizenship to avoid literally persecution from ISDSM, from Tervinkovsky. Right. So uh, now they're not joining the protests. The is holding protests. Uh, hundreds of people, up to 1,000 people or hundreds of cars would, if it's a drive-through protest. They're blockading the government and the foreign ministry now. Before that, they would gather in front of the government or in different cities as well. So at this point, the people from, you know, now Vomero is adopting the language of uh, the partisan struggle, anti-fascist movement, mm -hmm. even quoting some communist era people, which I don't particularly like. Uh, it's not bringing uh, the people of, uh, you know, who would uh, subscribe to this worldview to the streets, mm -hmm. but it's an obvious play to them, toward them, that uh, next election we have, you know, remember this. And also, Vimura announced that they're going to hold a vote of no confidence on the government. Vimura has solidified the Albanian opposition on their side. They had an initial spat with Levica, who has two votes in parliament, but that's being glossed over. So now it remains to be seen whether this Trevinkovsky led wing, if not 
in terms of street protests if it can deliver votes in the parliament because it only takes two people to or actually one yeah two two people to break from the government and the government falls and uh, the liberal democratic party announced it demands a meeting with Zaev to clarify what he said the democratic uh, uh, so there are like three members of parliament one member of parliament That's... in Pavel Trayanov's party one member in uh, uh, Liliana Popovska party they are both angry but still not sure if they intend to do anything about it. So, you know, Zaev has a major, he has a lot of small coalition members, and uh, yeah, it could there could be a vote of no confidence next week. Hmm. Well, that is something that bears watching. It would it would be, in my opinion, quite a uh, quite an event if a couple of his members broke off and and brought down hmm. the government. Um, yeah. Barring that, assuming that he can manage to barely survive, uh, I think the protests will continue. Uh, looks like the negotiations with the EU are on hold for now. Mm. Um, well, there, I mean, there aren't going to be any for now, but, it, it, but you know, Zayev is going to continue uh, negotiating, quote-unquote, with Bulgaria. You know, there's word out there that Osmani and Dimitrov are conducting their own backdoor negotiations with Bulgaria. Uh, but we don't know for sure because they won't come to the Foreign Affairs Committee and answer the bloody questions. Uh, nope. So who knows? You know, it, you know, and this goes back to things we've talked about many times. And, and, and frankly, it goes back to, to what uh, – to drag in the, the U.S. Embassy and others um, you know, who praise the government of Zoran Zayev. It ain't open and transparent, that's for sure. Uh, and yet they yeah. they like to claim to be. So if they're open and transparent, then they should tell the Macedonian people and the world what they're doing. Um, even if, let's just say that, that you know, Zayev agreed to, as you said earlier, you know, completely give away the farm and come up with a treaty, a new treaty uh, with Bulgaria, uh, he would have to ram that through parliament. I don't know if that would require a two-thirds vote or not. Um, and then you've got, you know, uh, in between all that, you've got Christmas, New Year's, etc., and all these other things going on at the same time. So, but that's where we were two years yeah, ago, but, as I recall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Bulgaria is going to want something very, you know, cast in stone this time because they don't trust Saif. They're probably, I mean, listen. Uh, <laughs> on that, they're correct. The <laughs> yeah, and the treaty says says that we're supposed to. Uh, revise, re rewrite our history books. Yeah. Uh, Zayev just didn't do it. Uh, you know, they're now, you know, a lot of the demands are just, you know, something that Zayev already signed on to, mm -hmm. but now they demand uh, strict implementation of this. Right. Uh, it, they have, uh, I mean, looking into the treaty, uh, it is there. It's, it's not like... Uh, out of the blue, and uh, and you know when Karakachanov mocked them, they said, "Listen to you, you signed this. You look in, look look at the treaty." And uh, when he was mocking Zayev that uh, he's like a like any other Bulgarian, practically, was, the statement was, "The Bulgarian's mind, you know, he only comes smart." <laughs> yeah, it was like he uh, realizes what uh, he should have done a day late, uh, right. the next day. Yeah. 
Uh, and uh, he said that's with the Bulgarians, and so is with Zav, practically saying Zav is a Bulgarian yeah. and not so smart. <laughs> and uh, he said if you were implementing this for the past three years, uh, bit by bit, you would not have had this uh, big problem now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it is in the treaty. I mean, uh, we were looking uh, anxiously for signs of implementation of both treaties, like uh, watching what children are taught at school, and uh, things are pretty much, you know, teachers are, uh, you know, resentful, they keep saying Macedonia, they're not uh, trying to teach the children uh, to use the North Macedonia or anything else, but, uh, you know, we were careful that something like this would happen, and it is in the treaty, and uh, now Bulgarians say, okay, look into the treaty and uh, implement it. Mm -hmm. Well, that, as, as you just mentioned on, on the so-called PRESPA agreement, this is, and this is something for another podcast down the road, we'll have to look at you know, what has and has not been done according to quote, the, the, the PRESPA agreement from both sides. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, I'm still of the opinion that what has been done can be undone and should be undone at some point and will be undone at some point. But that's, uh, another, that's a whole other podcast for another time. Um, you mentioned that um, earlier that uh, you know, Zayev is giving away the farm. Uh, and I and I kept this in the back of my mind as we were continuing here. The the, the farm that he is not giving away, of course, is his cannabis farms uh, and mm -hmm. the cannabis farms of his family, uh, which brings up the the issue. And um, I don't know if it's rumor or or true or what. It's very hard again with this this prime minister and this government because there's no openness or transparency. But you know what are the business connections between the Zayev mafia and Bulgaria and the Bulgarian mafia? Uh, mm. that go into this, all of these negotiations, et cetera. You know, is, is, he, is he so desperate to, um, to, to sign away Macedonia's, to give away Macedonia's identity and language and heroes and culture and history and everything else because of filthy lucre, basically, <laughs> because he's got business interests yeah. in Bulgaria. There are plenty of rumors out there. It's, it's hard to know what is true and what is not. Uh, it's certainly worth looking into. Um, what do you know? Yeah, it's definitely part of the deal. And uh, Bulgaria officially said that uh, one of the reasons we're blocking you is that uh, you still haven't built the railroad to Bulgaria, which is, you know, good point. Uh, and uh, you're keeping practically the country linked only to Serbia and uh, Greece for international commerce. Uh, and... Uh, uh, this is outside of the historic and national identity issues. Mm -hmm. And the next item is that you're blocking Bulgarian investment in Macedonia. Mm. Uh, now, it was reported a while back that Zaev is registering companies, you know, his family members, are registering companies in the, in the aforementioned uh, town of Petrich, mm -hmm. and that these companies are going to be logistics, digging, stuff like that, and that they're planning to grab contracts once the large copper mine of Ilovice is built, which is a major Canadian investment which Nikola Gruevsky courted and uh, the guys came to us, uh, you know, in, examined uh, uh, a lot of uh, real estate, found the best concentration of copper and gold in the, in the region, and uh, they said we're going to, you know, invest like half a billion euro in just opening the mine, just digging uh, the roads and the infrastructure. And Mines are drive, expensive. <laughs> yeah, I know. I live in a mining state, so yeah. <laughs> the deal was going to be like they pay very little in, in concessions, as I remember. But just you know, the jobs and the the building of that thing is 
uh, you know, like uh, cracking open the the hillside. It's mm -hmm. gonna be is going to be like a major infrastructure job for the entire country. So uh, the Colored Revolution protested against this horribly. They insisted that Gruevsky wants to poison us here in the fertile valley of Strumica, blah, blah, blah. Even though this was going to be the most modern mine in uh, Macedonia, compared to you know the stuff we have operating right now, it would have been much better, obviously. And the, the contract was revoked. Now the company is obviously suing the country and they stand to win back everything they invested and some share of possible uh, revenue and uh, they're going to bankrupt the country if they win and they're going to win. So uh, one idea is that Zaf is going to allow the company to, the project to go ahead and is going to insist that his relatives are the ones in charge of the actual digging and uh, strip mining, etc., which is again another uh, fun, uh, you know, uh, thing that we can rub in the faces of the colored revolution people when it happens. <laughs> Especially the environmentalists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the Bulgarians are allegedly, according to many reports, interested in buying a major bank in Macedonia. The Greeks have one, Stopanska Bank. Right. And they have a lot of influence over Komercialna Bank. So these are the two biggest banks in the country. So now it's expected that uh, Bulgarians want to buy either one of these, like, let's say, Komercialna, or, uh, you know, some something slightly smaller, but... Uh, uh, possibly in, together with the post office, which is now destroyed yes. after yeah, the Euro Standard Bank collapse, uh, which is bringing down the entire post office of the country. And Zaf is happy to offer the sale of the entire post office, its all brand, all of its branches, plus the railway of the country, plus uh, like half a dozen of commercial companies which either have valuable real estate or there is a prominent energy plant which could be sold to the Bulgarians to be converted into a gas plant. Uh, uh, so a lot of things are on sale and uh, apparently Bulgarian interests and Zav's interests are going to go toward a major bank, a major mine and some state monopoly like the post office uh, to boot. <clears throat> so Gosh, I don't know if we should title this the uh, this podcast. Is it the end of Zive or is it Macedonia for sale? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so uh, either one is possible. Uh, depends on who wins in this. Obviously, I hope Macedonia wins. 